Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. Today, we're going to talk about negotiation, especially related to relationships. While most of us don't realize that the average person gets involved in about 10 to 15 negotiations every single day. So these are often kind of simple things, but they can also include bigger issues, which are more important to take the time to really address well. So today we're going to start out by sharing some tips and ideas for holding your own negotiations with partners. But then we're also going to walk you through it towards the end with how do you can negotiate say a sex scene or a BDSM scene with a play partner. So we're going to try to cover both of those angles. I'm your host, Stephen, and joining me today are my wife, Kimberly. Hello. And Ava. Hi, I love nerds. Love nerds. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and Brandy. Hi. Hi. How's everybody? Good. Fantastic. Cool. Anybody, any, any interesting things this week that's have been going on with you all? I have one little one update. Okay. Okay. So, you know, episodes ago, I was, I mean, very exciting. So everyone just calm down. Um, I was talking about my Lego cat and how like I had some of the pieces missing <laughs> yeah. and then I had really good customer service. So I mm -hmm. got those pieces in and I have completed my Lego kitty and I'm going to post a picture on our Instagram page. Yay. Later. Yeah, go kitty. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it to be complete and done. And like, I don't think it's a really great representation of my cat. You'd probably be offended by what it looks <laughs> like, but it's done. I'm very excited. Excellent. That was awesome. You like the fact <laughs> it's finished. You're like, it's done. Uh, it's done. Yeah, it's been yeah. sitting there like headless for months because I had to stop at the like the lower cheek area. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So it's done now, and I'm I'm happy about it. That's <laughs> Anybody else got stuff? I killed a spider today all by myself because my partner wasn't here to get rid of it. And oh, it was really I'm... scary. It was really yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> Ava, let me just tell you, it's okay to be scared. What you have done is you've shown courage and strength. And so we're very proud of you. you know, <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. You have overcome your spider thing. Thing. <laughs> thing. Well, I don't want to say it's not phobia, but yeah, you don't like bugs, do you? Like in general. I tolerate bugs. I definitely have a spider phobia, like from, rooted in my childhood. Cannot bear to look at them, let alone touch them. Like, oh, it's goodness. Just, yeah. Well, so if I'm we were ever to do a scene or something oh, like that, man. I should keep the spider thing in the back of my mind. Hard, hard limit. Non-negotiable. Oh, like, look limit. at that. No, it, no it room might for spiders. Be a, no, I don't have to actually introduce a spider. I can just imply that, nope. like, oh, my mm -hmm. God, wait. No. -uh. You would just be like tied, and I'd be like, "Wait a minute, is that a spider on the floor?" No, mm -mm, no, we're, we're not doing that. See, this is non-negotiable. <laughs> I do not fuck with spiders. Not a thing. Got it. I appreciate and respect your boundaries. Thank you, <laughs> Kimberly. Anything for you? Uh, well, you know, I have the half sleeve of Blade Runner, both the old school and twenty forty nine. So, um, which is a great sci-fi movie if you haven't seen it. And I, for some reason, had never seen Blade Runner, the final cut of the first movie, because I have just the director's cut, and I am here to say that the final cut is the best between the two. Oh. oh. Hello, and welcome to the Sci-Fi Geek Show. <laughs> 
Why was it the best? Um. Well, okay, so it was more violent. You can't do spoilers. Oh, or maybe you can do spoilers since the movie it was in like the early 80s? 1983 or something. 1983. Um, <laughs> so okay, I don't No, it was like better violence and also like just, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Totally. Um, <laughs> uh the the quality is a lot better and then there's like just different things thrown in there that aren't in the director's cut that i'm like ooh, that is different so it's exciting cool i we can we know you love your sci-fi what about you steven you know i think sometimes i'm like i don't know that i i'm always like i don't know what did i do and then half the time i'm like well like you know this past week i've been with my kids so um I'm just doing kind of the regular stuff there. And then COVID is like, because of COVID, we are in routines, you know, that they, they can't do stuff. But I will say my son went to prom yesterday. I found out about it like the day before he goes, Oh, I'm going to prom tomorrow. I was like, Oh, okay. Kimberly found out about it like af after or no, that day yesterday. And, um, so anyway, he had things set up or whatever, but he, he was, he woke up and like, I don't know. I think he came out of his room at like 10 AM and he was like, yeah, okay, dad, I'm getting ready to go to prom. And so he had the whole day, you know, planned out or whatever. So it was like, he went over, he picked up his girlfriend. They had to go get some jewelry or something else like this at like some places. And they ran through Chick-fil-A for lunch. And then it was like over to his mom's house to get his tux on. Cause he has a tux because, you know, of course. And, uh, I never, I don't own a tux, but right. my son owns a tux. Right. You know, he's, <laughs> he's slightly better than me. So, um, he went over there and then like her mom, came over because it's like they're all getting ready for prom right so like the moms are not going to miss this even Kimberly was like a little bit like wait a minute what I thought we were going to get do something you know so anyway he, he they did that and they went to the Chattanooga Aquarium as like an event for the afternoon they went to the park that was nearby met other friends and did photos outside they ordered dinner like takeout because of covid so i think they just got it you know picked it up mobile app or whatever like that picked up this nice dinner and then i'm not sure where they ate it you know but hmm. anyway and then they went to their prom and their prom was and it ended up raining like right before so they had it it was originally supposed to be outside this time they, they moved everything inside but the place used to be like a car garage so, but it's like fancy, it's a venue, an event venue, you know, with a car oh, auto theme, oh. but they had the these garage doors. So he said they opened them up in the front and the back. So you had airflow and things like that. And so, so that was that. So, but I will tell you, I have one COVID shot down. I do not have my second one. And I am nervous that, you know, here at the very end, like we're all gonna fucking get covid because of the i thought you got your problem. second one i've got my second no i do but it has not kicked in yet, oh Brent. okay because you just like, said i got it on your, tuesday and i was like no oh, i saw the post okay I, I did get my second one but it okay. has not kicked all the way in so that right, i'm just gonna like be like weeks. days away from being immune and i'm gonna fucking come get down it. with covid yeah home <laughs> stretch mm. yeah, well hey i wanted to kind of uh say hi we have a listener in germany um, and I want whose name I understand is Hannah. And I just wanted to kind of say like, Hey, Hannah, thank you for listening to us. Um, you know, and that's pretty cool that we have a, a listener in Germany. So that's awesome. Hi, thank Hannah you. from Germany. Hi, Hannah from, yeah, that's her name. Hannah from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's slide mm -hmm. into our big discussion today. Okay. Which is negotiation, which like I said, people 
you know, you negotiate every day, like often 10, 15 times a day, you're, you're doing it and you're not even thinking of it, you know? And a lot of times it's very easy kind of stuff. Like who's going to fold the laundry, you know, or just, um, that's made up, you know, but whatever, but it's like little stuff. Okay. So the, what we're going to talk about, I think is stuff that hopefully will, you can like apply that just kind of makes things easier and better for everybody. That's, that's really the goal. But what do you all think about like when I'm saying like, Hey, we're going to talk about the topic of negotiation skills like what comes to your mind but also like how do you tend to feel about that stuff i think it's super super important and kind of an underrated topic when it comes to relationships because different people are going to enter different types of relationships for different reasons right you might want to have a romantic relationship with somebody because one day you want kids so you want to make sure that you identify pretty early on that you're with someone that also wants those things and isn't perhaps looking for something completely different. Like negotiating is crucial, but the way to go about it can vary so much. I just don't think this topic gets enough airtime, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we're trying to do it today. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I would agree. Yeah. And I think in in one way, we're all negotiating whether we realize it or not. Like I might not be negotiating with a partner, but I might be negotiating with my own schedule. Like, okay, I want to see this partner, but I need to do this or do I need to move this around? So it's, it's, we're making negotiations every day, whether it's just with ourselves and our own lives or other people, if you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Kimberly, what about you? Do you, are you, my guess is like, you're like, eh, whatever. (laughs) on this topic. <laughs> that sounds terrible. It does. I, I, I don't know. necessarily mean that, but it's not like a super exciting topic for you, is right. it? Or what? I right. guess not. But also I think about BDSM scene negotiations mm-hmm. and that's pretty exciting. And you know what? That's, uh, we're going to cover that, you know, in, in the second half, because one that is negotiation. So you're, you're going to be able to, I think if we talk about it, it's like you get to, see and maybe better understand the skills or kind of what you're doing. Um, but it's also, it's kind of fun mm-hmm. and it's something that I, hopefully listeners can kind of use, you know, that when you want to do something, you know, you know, exciting with your partner one evening, it's like, how do you start talking about like going through and what you're going to do? You know? So, um, one thing I want to say, ethical seduction perspective that we have about, or that I have about negotiation we really want people to be happy to negotiate and to really view it as a way of like you're, you're interacting with the other person and it's a way to make things better for everybody. So, you know, it does, I think a lot of times people think, Oh, negotiation, it's going to be hard or it's going to be stressful. And it doesn't really have to be, you know, especially if both the best way to think about it is both people working together as a team to figure out the win-win situation, you know? So that is the, that's what I want to sort of, try to get people to think about differently, you know, that not to be, not to stress over it. Uh, we'll talk about this later. I think it helps build trust. You know, that when you do this and you do it well, then the other person learns that, you know, about you and, and that makes it easier for future negotiations and it just, it builds a better relationship. So, um, Kimberly, I'm wondering with you with renegotiation. So if somebody has like, you negotiated something, you know, at one point in time. Okay. And then later somebody comes back and says, yeah, I want to talk about that. How do you, how do you feel about that? Does it ever feel like somebody's maybe breaking an agreement because you're renegotiating? I mean, I guess you could look at it that way, but you could also look at it in, in the sense that like people are going to change over time. And so 
you can't really expect someone to not want to come back and renegotiate things. Um, I mean, a person always has the right to do that, I guess, in a relationship. At any time? Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah. The, sure. I mean, for, you're saying, like, at any time, somebody's allowed to renegotiate. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What sure. about it breaking? What What are your feelings though about it? Like, somebody said, well, no, because we agreed on this earlier, and now you're changing things. Mm. Mm. I don't know. What do you... <laughs> Is what that okay asking? to say? Well, like, let's say like you want to change something. And I go like, well, I don't want you to change it. You already made this agreement. Well, I guess you're allowed to say that too. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That's where I was kind of going uh, is that I, my feeling is that anybody is allowed to renegotiate at any time, at any time. And you guys tell me if you feel like that's not correct or not thought out all the way, but I've, my experience is like anybody can come to the table at any time. And I almost think of it almost like a legal agreement, you know, like, okay, we've got this thing and this is what we've got. Right. But when somebody decides like, Oh, I need to do something different than like the two parties come together and they're like, we have to renegotiate this deal. That's how I kind of view it. Anybody can renegotiate at any time for any, for any reason. So what happens and Kimberly, you actually said this really well. Okay. is like, you know, if I, if I'm going to hold my ground and be like, well, we already said this and I don't want to change, that is my option. But then that could like break the thing to where it's like, we do not have an agreement. So if you're cutting, like say, think of like a legal deal or like real estate, like buying property or something like that, you know, we can't come to terms and like, you don't get to buy the property, you know? And so it's like, I think you always have the right to sort of say yes or no. Somebody's, somebody's able to ask the question like, Hey, I want to change this. The other person's able to say yes or no. Right. To it. But if you say no, you know, then there can be consequences. And so I think what is important too is like you do have to know your boundaries, you know, going into it so that it's like you know, like, yeah, I'm not able to cross this line. Um, but you know, if you if I don't cross this line, then there there could be consequences to the whole thing. And sometimes I want to tell people like don't always be too afraid of the consequences. You know, if it's a relationship and it's like, well, the consequence could be we break up that that can actually be okay because otherwise you don't want to like agree to something and then therefore you're now in a bad relationship, you know, because you were afraid to break up. So I Mm -hmm. think, you know, having these talks can bring stuff to the surface and you might not want to break up, but it it may turn out that it's like, no, that's what needs to happen in order for both people to kind of get the things that they want. So. Some of what you just said, Stephen, reminds me a little a bit, a little bit about our conversation with Navi from from the last episode about mm-hmm. how, you know, you want to love yourself fearlessly and and trust yourself enough that like even if the worst case scenario happens, example that you gave, like even if like you end up breaking up, ultimately you know that you're going to be okay because that was the best thing for you for both of you in that situation, right? So even even if you're going through a negotiation and you can't find a resolution that works for everybody in said relationship and that relationship ends like none of us none of us like that idea typically right but at the end of the day Mm -hmm. if that is ultimately what's best for you the best way for you to love yourself is to do the best thing for you that's not a bad thing even if it doesn't feel that great in the moment I agree. And I really like that about when she brought that up the the whole love you know I I like to teach people how to love themselves that's that's like where the power is, 
totally. you know, then, cause then, then you're okay to agree to things or not disagree and you know, you're going to be okay. You know, however it works out. Um, I do tend to think stuff, you know, it's not a competition. Don't get into like an us and them, you know, that that's a very typical way. I think people think of, of negotiation, even if you're like with an employer, you know, and you're going to go in there and ask for a raise. It's not, uh, you know, me versus them kind of attitude or that only one person can win. I'm going to ask for the raise, you know, and then they either I get it or they say no and I lose or, you know, it's often it's more about the discussion, how you have that discussion. So I would just say, kind of keep that in, in mind. And again, you know, you're building trust, having that discussion, say with your boss in this case, um, even if you don't get the raise, it's like you've made the point, you know, for the future and you've helped establish trust that you guys can talk about this stuff. So, um, what happens though, when you, when you can't trust a person, you know, so if you go kind of go through the experience of doing a negotiation and m maybe they break, break something, you know, and, and so you're, you learn like, I'm not sure that I really can trust this person to negotiate with. Like what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how does that affect things or how do we, what can you learn from that experience? Maybe that's the right question. Steven, I don't want to answer your question, but I want to give a real life example to that one, because I think I have a really good like live example from my mm -hmm. own experience and two, because I feel like that'll help listeners kind of follow this a little bit better. Um, if that's cool with you. Yeah, please. Um, there was a person that I was seeing very casually, not that long ago, where initially when we were connecting and we everything was vibing. We were having a good time. We were hooking up. It was very like NSA, like friends with benefits kind of a thing. And he, he said to me, like, he said, Ava, you seem like you have so much love to give. And I really like spending time with you. I would really like to do more with you. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. Like that's not, I'm looking for something very uncomplicated and simple. Um, I do, I do feel the feelings. Like I see what you're saying, but I don't know that I really want to go down that path. And we talked about it a little bit and we ended up going down that path. I'm like, okay, emotions and feelings and and not just sex, but also like dating and stuff. And, uh, and then life got really, really overwhelming for him. And one day he, he reached out and he's like, I'm super, super overwhelmed. I like, it's affecting my job. And I've just, I have too much stuff on my plate and I just need to go. I just need to go away for a while. Like, I'm, I'm very sorry. Like I, I'm not saying we'll never talk again, but I, I need a little separation to calm my life down. Um, and that, that hurt me because we talked about what was on the table and I said what mm -hmm. I wanted and he kind of talked to me like we negotiated and he kind of talked me into doing more. And the reason why I didn't want to do that is because I didn't want to make it complicated. I didn't want there to be an increased risk of feeling hurt. And then I ended up getting hurt and that felt like that, that hurt, right? Like that wasn't fun to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, and like a month or two later, he reached back out and we reconnected and we talked about it. And I explained like, Hey, I get that you had to do what you needed to, to protect yourself, to take care of yourself but also I got hurt in the process and that doesn't feel very good. And now you're asking if we should reopen that door. And I don't know that I trust you to go through that again. So that was a very long winded explanation of, of kind of, I think what you were already getting that's, at. Yeah. That's a that's great, great example. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I'm going to say, I think Brandy and I went through a little bit of that too. Brandy and I, when we were playing and doing things like that, it was important for Brandy to have a certain level of consistency. And then, and, and we did, and that was good, you know, but then I got to a certain place in my life where I could not do that. And, um, that, that affected things that kind of changed that relationship a little bit. And cause Brandy in the end was like, okay, well that's, 
you know, that's an issue for me. So it wasn't, I don't want to say it's a deal killer. It's not been a deal killer, but it did affect the, I'm going to say the relationship. We had to kind of modify it, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it is more on the friend's side, I would say, you know, now it was mm-hmm. where before we had the consistency. Now we still play, but not with consistency mm-hmm. and not with COVID. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, it, Ava, that, what you said was great. That was a very good example because that is kind of what I wanted to talk about and explore. And uh, yeah, that's perfect. So Thanks. So I think what happened in that, in that situation really was, you know, a conversation that I had with myself of, do I really want to open this door again? Because like my very pessimistic outlook on life, like the initial reaction is, well, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And at the end of the day, I, I can't, that might be my initial reaction, but I can't really stand behind that. Because if you, if you shut people out of your life for the first mistake that they make every single time, we're all human, we all screw up. Mm-hmm. None of us are perfect. If you're in a relationship at some point, you're going to get hurt. Like mm-hmm. it, th- that, that is a fact. That is something that I believe in. And that doesn't mean that you're going to get hurt and the relationship won't survive and it's going to be the end of the world. But like pain is a fact of life, right? Like you're not going to walk through a relationship unscathed, you know, forever. And Mm -hmm. it's just, you kind of have to weigh like how important is this to me and just acknowledge that like sometimes pain happens and then you go back to that like renegotiation setting of, okay, this didn't work before. How can we make it work this time? So how do we find a solution that works for all of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you saying like, shame me once, shame on you, shame me twice, you know, so you're kind of giving like people two times. I think I tend to give people like three, but the way I, my, the way I kind of think about it is like, yeah, the first time I'm like, I'm open, you're able to hurt me. Okay. And, and if it's like, if I get hurt, then I'm going to learn from it. Okay. So I feel like it's better for my, for me to kind of put myself out there and trust that you're not going to hurt me. And the vast majority of people do not hurt you, you know, and that's awesome because it helps, it helps build trust. Really? That's what happens. The vast majority of people do not hurt you. In my experience. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I do see some of this, I think is perspective because like somebody else would be like, Oh no, that's not, I mean, people disagree with me all the time. Like that is, people are not nice. People are assholes. You know And I'm like? No, people are really nice. They have really good, nice hearts, soft hearts. And they always want to do the right thing, you know? And then some people are like, you are so naive, you know? So I think there's a certain amount of like, what is your personal experience that shapes your view on things? But no, I I feel, I feel safe. And I feel, I guess kind of like Navi was saying, like, if I put myself out there and I'm going to get hurt, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to kill me, you know? So anyway, so I like to put myself out there. Right. And then it's like, okay, I get hurt. Say that, say it happens once. Okay. Then the second time I'm still going to put myself out there, but it's going to be more protected, right? Because it's like you ha- now I know you might hurt me. So it's not going to be at the same level. It's going to be like watching for it. And this, you know, I almost want to say when people are like, oh, that's a red flag. It's a red flag is just a red flag. It doesn't mean you have to end things, right? But you should pay attention and be aware of it. Okay. And then when it happens, maybe the second time, then you're like, all right, there's, we're starting to see a pattern here, you know? And then that's where it's like the third time is like, maybe there's not a third time, you know, but I kind of feel like every time that that event, something happens and then there's that chance to either build trust or to have it torn apart a little bit. And, you know, things either deteriorate or they get, or they get built up. So, um, I, you know, I've had the masterclass 
series for like the last year and it has been wonderful and i've been you know watching a ton of things on there and one of the guys that is on there his name is chris voss was a former fbi agent and he has a whole you know like three four hour thing on negotiation and it's it's wonderful you know so if anybody wants to it's and it's stuff kind of like what we're talking about it's like yeah you're going to negotiate 10 times a day you know and and he has a really good attitude about it you know and it's not like how do you beat people out so um one of the sections in there though he had like a suggestion and i want to kind of bring it up and kind of share share it with people okay and he's saying like when you're sitting down to talk with somebody you don't have to be like Hey there person, you know, we're about to go into negotiation. You don't have to have like, this is more of like, if you're just having a conversation with somebody about stuff, keep this in the back of your mind. So one of the things he said is like, you're going to repeat things that this person said back to them. And the reason you're going to be doing that is that it, you know, it shows that you're actively listening. You're kind of encouraging them to share more. Cause so if you repeat it back and say, it's in the form of a question, so if, you know, if Kimberly says like, I really want to go see this movie, I could, I could say something like, you want to go see this movie, you know, something like that. And then Kimberly's probably going to go tell me more, you know, because I've kind of repeated it in the form of a question. So, uh, what you're doing there is you're really getting the person to talk more so that you can gather more information. So the, sh the short answer is like the more information you have, the better informed you're going to be, you're going to be able to help the whole discussion flow better uh so that was one of the things is to just repeat back what the person said in order to get them to kind of share more another one is at when you get to a certain point and you feel like you understand something that the person has said then he's like you should go ahead and like label it so he used a lot like sounds like you're saying or you know sounds like this is important to you that type of thing. So she's, you know, your sounds like, and that's kind of asking again, the, you're asking the person to like verify this. So it says like, you know, the person's talking, 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 you might come out like, it sounds like you really care about people. A statement like that is not necessarily getting to your end goal of whatever you guys are negotiating about. Right. But you're establishing that the person you're talking about really cares about people. If they don't, they'll correct you, you know, and then you can kind of go back and ask more questions. But when they are like, yeah, then it's kind of like an agreed upon statement that is like, okay, you know, like we're getting somewhere we've, we've established kind of a level thing. So if you go through this, you know, establishing these things kind of helps again, build that trust. And, but it also is a way of testing things of like, do I understand this correctly? This is the label that I'm trying to do. Is this correct? And when both people say yes, it's like, cool. Now we can, we can go on. And he has other techniques. I'm not going to go through the whole kind of thing. And maybe techniques is not the right word you know, it's maybe just advice and stuff like that. But generally speaking, it's like you're looking for the win-win situation. So you're trying to gather this information, make these sort of statements along that path where that you're building towards something where you're looking, you know, once you understand what that other person wants and what you want, then you all can work together as a team to really try to get that win-win situation, you know, and I really like that approach, you know, and I really love the sort of repeating back kind of thing. So the other thing he mentions just real quick is just hearing the word no, when people say no, like that's actually a really good thing. So he expands on it. I'm not going to go into all that about like, you know, all the psychological aspects of when somebody tells you no. Um, but the basic thing is like when somebody tells you no, then you, you know, okay, that's like a boundary that they're saying they cannot do this, you know? So that gives you again, information so you can kind of shape things to try to, you know, 
work towards that win-win situation. So we'll talk about this later when we come into like, you know, how to set up your kink BDSM scene, you know, know and having those boundaries, boundaries are not necessarily bad. You know, well, and also I'm going to interrupt real quick. When someone please. says no, that's also them displaying their ability to say no, which is just as important as, you know, them saying yes, is you knowing that they can say no and set, you know, tell you what their boundaries and are. Yeah. Um, so just but that that is one of the things Chris Voss mentions actually. Mm. He goes mm. he goes, when you say no, you feel powerful. Mm. You know, you have like in some ways I'm gonna say like shut that other person down, you know, and you've made a statement, so you're in a place of safety. I will not do that, you know. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. if you say yes, people sometimes agree to things they don't really want to do. Yeah. And so it's that's a little scarier, you know. Yeah. So so no he's like, when you get a no, that's good. You know, that's the person mm -hmm. feeling safe and there's those those kind of mm -hmm. boundaries. Hey, Brandy. Huh? You want to do role play? Oh, God. I'm so bad at this. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Let me, let's, let's try. Let's you and I negotiate. So let's do role play. Oh, sure. Okay. okay. I thought we were, I was like, I don't even know what we're doing here. Where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's, okay. That's yeah, like role it. play. Let's try. Know. Yeah, Okay. Sure. Okay. So let's pretend that we are, I don't know, let's say we're dating or something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you, like we've already established, you want like a committed amount of time and things like that. Right. But I'm starting to see consistency. Yes. Consistency. You want some consistency. Okay. But I have been hanging out with my new boyfriend, Bob, quite a mm -hmm. bit. And <laughs> you don't, let's just say where it starts is like, you don't necessarily like the amount of time you feel like it's maybe mm -hmm. cutting in on your stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. So why don't you start off by saying like, well, Steven, Steven, I don't know how much time you're, I don't like how much time you're spending <laughs> with your new boyfriend, Bob. So can you say that? And then we'll go from there. Yeah. I mean, really, I'd just be like, just invite him over. But really, um, <laughs> then we could all spend time together and it'd be, but anyway, this is not about um, you and your know, fantasies. This is true. Oh my God. Okay. Let me get back on track. Um, Kimberly's got the smile. Look at Kimberly's <laughs> smile. I think Kimberly wants my boyfriend Bob to come over too. <laughs> she didn't say no. She didn't say no. Didn't. <laughs> okay, I'm going to attempt a role play. Hey, Steven, so um, I just wanted to bring up a little bit of a, something I've noticed lately. And I've, I, you know, I've commented with you before that I really value consistency and us having scheduled time together. And that doesn't really... Um, and that I value that that doesn't change and that's something we both want. However, I've noticed when now that you're dating Bob um, and I will completely acknowledge that there is NRE energy that that happens with that. But I feel like that's also taking away from our time together. And even maybe when you're giving me time together, I feel like you might be a little distracted by either texting them or like in your thoughts about them. You don't feel fully present. So. I would like to discuss that with you a little bit. You'd like to discuss it with me? Yeah. Like, what do you, are you understanding like what I'm saying? Or do you feel that what I've said is true? Or am I misconstruing something? Like, help me better understand. Why? You, f you feel that I'm spending too much time with Bob? Sometimes, yes, but I'm also feeling like when you and I spend time together, you're not fully present. And I'm just wondering if that's because you are thinking about Bob or you would rather be having that time with Bob. So you think I'd rather have the time with Bob? I'm not sure. 
because I feel like there's just been a little bit of a change in the energy that you and I have when we're together. And that's the only factor that's changed between you and I. So um, I don't want to accuse. I'm just saying that was the one change that happened that has then kind of brought on the different energy between you and I. Well, it, it sounds like you really like me and that you really want to have good quality time with me. Yeah, that's very important to me. Does, okay, so I w at this point in this actual thing, I would, I would put in a different sentence. I'm not going to just repeat back, okay? So um, you, why do you feel that, do you feel we do not have quality time with each other? I feel like it could be better. I value our time together and I very much look forward to it and I appreciate the time that you give me. Um, so I want to acknowledge all that, but I do feel like it could be better. So it sounds like the quality of the time that we spend together is what's most important to you, not necessarily the quantity. Correct. So you're okay with the amount of time that I spend with Bob. It's just that you want to have really good quality time with me. Well, okay. Let me step back just a little bit. I am okay with the amount of time that you're spending with Bob in the at the current time because I I realize how um, powerful NRE new relationship energy can be. Um, I would anticipate, you know, maybe six months from now that might come down a little bit, but I'm not currently. I'm not threatened by the amount of time you're you're spending with Bob. I understand that that just happens, but I feel like your energy towards me has changed and the, the quality of our time together has changed since you started the new relationship with Bob, or that's the only change I've been able to figure out. So the time, if I can repeat this back to you, like the mm -hmm. time portion may be okay, but the, it's the quality. You feel the quality has changed. Correct. How has the quality changed? I feel like you're just not as present um, before we would go and kind of do fun things and we would seek those out together. Now I feel like it's more me mentioning things to do and you're not putting a lot of input towards that. You're willing to go when I mention them, but you're not putting forth the effort like you used to, to find fun things for us to do. You don't think I'm putting forth the effort? Not as much as you used to. Am I role playing really bad? No, you're doing very good. I just I'm just need sitting some here feedback. thinking. So. Okay, We've you. probably done enough. Um, okay, okay. Well, that's fine. But I, you were, I've said, I mean, because what I think what it has kind of gone through, right, is so at the end, let's just say this. Okay, mm -hmm. what is the discovery part out of that whole kind of thing? Okay, which the, the, you know, we started off, which is like, you know, Brandy doesn't like me spending so much time with my new boyfriend, Bob. Okay. But what we go through with that is we kind of, did I feel like we did identify it's like it's not about the time at least for you Brandy not about the time it's the quality um you you don't feel I'm putting forth enough effort mm -hmm. now so if we were to go on with that scenario that role play um then you're going to get into a discussion about effort you know and right. I could I, I would knowing myself I'd probably come back and be like well I'm giving you the effort that I want to give you Mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. which that goes back to Ava's thing of like, well then Brandy, you could say no. And that ends that, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I, th but the point is it's like when, and I think this, I think that was pretty good because it is like, you're, ex you might start off with an original statement, you know, which mm -hmm. is like uh, the amount of time. And then as you talk about it and you gain more information, 
you find like, what is the real issue that we're really trying to address? Well, and that's a good thing to point out too, because when some people say, I'm not happy with the amount of time, what they're, they could easily mean in that phrase, they're not happy with what they're getting out of the time. So that's yeah. making them feel like they're not getting enough time. Yeah. Right. So it ha- yeah. yeah. Digging more is, is very valuable. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's fun. Okay. You're welcome. Um, I can't wait to see Bob. Uh, I found, (laughs) I'm going to run through this. I found this on the internet, doing a little bit of research for this. Okay. And it was like, this came out, it's from a a place, a a site called Watershed. And they had a a blog post where it said five stages of negotiation. So we'll have a link to this. Um, And the same thing for Chris Voss, we'll have a link in the show notes where you can go check out the Chris Voss and the masterclass, which is awesome. So Watershed and their five stages of negotiation. Um, they, they give more detail. I'm going to kind of go through it fairly fast, but they have like stage one is like prepare, you know, like before you go into it, prepare. Okay. Stage two was the information exchange and validation. And I feel like that's like what Brandy and I just did. You know, you're exchanging information and you're validating like what everybody's kind of goals are. Okay. Their stage three was you bargain. And that's maybe where we're going next, Brandy, if we had kept the conversation going is like, Mm -hmm. okay, you don't feel like I give you quality then that's what we're really talking about. You know, so that's maybe the bargaining of like, okay, what do you need to feel quality? What do I want to give? That kind of mm-hmm. stage four was you conclude. So at the end of like the bargain, you come up with like, what is, what is the conclusion? Okay. And then stage five was executing it. So what that's it, the way I understand it is like, you're going to go do what you guys said. So just, just a repeat them, but to go a little step further. So preparing, Stage one was like identifying like potential value. This is the way they say it. Identifying potential value, beginning to understand the interest, developing fact-based. So you're trying to do your research before you kind of go in there. Then the information exchange, the validation, that is where you're really trying to discover what is valuable or what you can create that's valuable, the different assets that are at interest, and you're trying to develop rapport and trust. You know, and that's one of the things that I felt too is really important about this whole negotiation is you are trying to develop, I'm just going to say a relationship where you know, like the person you're dealing with, that you guys are on the same team, that you can Mm -hmm. have this conversation and it'd be okay. Mm -hmm. Then the bargaining part, you know, is that's where you're creating and distributing the value. So you're trying to have that win-win situation. You're addressing people's interests and ma- making and managing concessions. And concessions, we haven't really talked about that so much, but so you do have to sometimes give some concessions, you know, that um, you're not necessarily going to get everything you need. You want the win-win situation, but it doesn't mean you get everything that you want and need. It's, you know, you're working to make things better than what they were or what they are. Um, but sometimes you have to make some concessions, you know, and, and so Brandy, you know, example, like with our, our little role play thing there, time is one of those things that that might be the concession, you know, you're willing to concess to concede time, but you want more quality as mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concluding, they say capture, capture value. You know, what is, what did we kind of agree to, you know, what is the win-win situation? Capture that, um, confirm that the interests have been met for both parties and thank them, you know? So I kind of like that, you know, that, yeah, you, you know, we've made an agreement. This is good for everybody and you thank them. And then for the execute 
they say, I like this. They say you expand value. So you're doing what you said, but if you can like try to do a little bit more, because again, that's going to build that relationship. So the next time you, you come into negotiating with this person or this group or whatever like that, you know, you've got more trust and more value there. So if you can like do something at the end, that's better. And just addressing changing interests. So I think that's like with going back with Kimberly in the very beginning where it's like, no, things do change, you know, and anybody's allowed to come to the table and change stuff anytime. Um, and then execute, they say the last thing, strengthens relationships, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, if you think about it from a relationship thing or like we're going to talk about intimacy like next week, you know, so it's like, these are things that you go through this and it's a, it's a real relationship building experience doing negotiation like this. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's much more fun, I think, than people give it credit for. It's much more kind of important, the stuff that goes on. Steven, can I interject and mention a conflict yeah. resolution model that I like to use? Yeah, what is it? I, I think that it can be layered on top of kind of what, what you were just discussing. But anytime that I think about negotiating with someone, um, like what does successful negotiation look like and what does um, unsuccessful negotiation or like unsafe feeling negotiation look and feel like. And there was a, a conflict resolution model that I learned a while ago that just made so much sense to me. Um, and it talks about the level of assertiveness that you have in a situation versus the level of um, cooperativeness that you have. And that if you have low assertiveness and low cooperativeness, low assertiveness meaning um, I, I don't feel comfortable or I don't feel safe voicing my own needs. Like what do I need in the situation that's mm -hmm. low there? And it's also low cooperation. Like I'm also really uninterested in listening to your needs or what your problem is with the situation. Then you are classified as kind of this like avoidant character. And mm -hmm. that like, I'm not really interested in working on your problem. And also I'm not, I don't have the courage to voice my own problems. Right. Yeah. And if you are more assertive but still not cooperative, that means you're more of a competitive character in that I'm really, really concerned about explaining to you what my problem is. And I'm also not, still not interested in talking about what your problems are, right? So you've got this um, competitive character versus the avoiding character. And then the opposite of that is if you have low assertiveness, don't have the courage to talk about like your own problems, bring that to the table, but you're really, really interested in solving the other person's problems. Like if I just solve their problems, then this will all go away. That is more of an accommodating character. Mm -hmm. And none of these, none of these result in getting like getting what everybody wants, right? Like in none of these situations, is it a win-win situation, right? Um, and if you have like a little bit of assertiveness and a little bit of cooperativeness, some but not a lot you can be in a compromising position and a lot of people think compromises is what every relationship needs right but it's compromises where like everybody wins a little bit but not really it's not a full win-win for everybody it's not the solution mm -hmm. that works for everyone involved so like you're on the right track when you're compromising but really like if you have full assertiveness and full cooperation that puts you in this category called collaborating and and i think what you were talking about in uh, just a few minutes ago, Stephen, about bargaining, the bargaining stage yeah. is that's kind of what I relate to, like collaborating, like in order for us to negotiate successfully and find a solution that'll work for everybody, we all need to be willing to collaborate to find that solution um, and hear everybody's needs and thoughts and understand where everybody's coming from so that we can understand what that win-win looks like. 
Um, that model is called the Thomas and Kilman's conflict resolution model. In case anybody wants to look it up, I'm sure we can put a link in the bio too. Okay, we 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 should talk about that more. That was really yeah. that was really cool, you know. And and I feel like you just saying it right there was great. But I would love to get into it more because then it's like it'll sink in. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I think looking at the diagram is helpful. Also, it's kind of difficult. It's very wordy to explain without like a visual. Yes, listeners, please just check out the diagram. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we we'll put that in the show notes too. That that'll be really good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I another thing I found was uh, that going back to this guy Chris Voss from the Masterclass. He had a blog post that uh, I just wanted to kind of share. This is different than like what we did before. Okay, so he has like five tips for negotiating better. So this is kind of like just this is maybe more along the lines of like m what most people think of negotiation. Okay, but but they're important kind of things to kind of think about. So this could be for relationships. It could be for like a job, you know, or getting that salary or whatever like that could be anything. So he says, um, make the first offer. That was one of his tips that whoever sets the thing, like sets the, the first statement of like, say it's a price, you know, and like, Oh, I, you know, it's, I say it's salary, you know, and you make the first offer. Okay. If you, if you're the employee and you put that out there, then you kind of know, like, we're not going to go below that you know, like it, it could go up. If you're the employer, you put that offer out there. It's kind of like it's setting this bar and it's like, okay, this is what we want to do. And, and it's, it's probably not going to go in the other direction. So it's, he's cause like whoever offers first, you set that tab. Right. And then the other people are going to try to bring it down. You know, if, you know, if this, you know, if it's discussing salary, you know, whoever puts it out there, it can come down, but it's like, once you put that number out there, so, you know, make the, make the first offer. Then he says too, like with uh tip two was like when discussing money, use concrete numbers instead of a range. So this is really simple. Um, he's just saying like, instead of being like, oh yeah, the price of that should be between 500 and $750, you know, well, when you're doing that, the person's going to take the one that fits them best, you know? So it's like, you know, again, if we're talking salary, let's say it's like, you know, 50,000 or 70,000, the range for this job is between 50 and $70,000. Okay. Well, who are, you know, if it's the employer kind of puts that out there, you can, they're going to put, they're going to give you something closer to the 50. So you, you know, you need just pick one number, put the number out there. And that kind of goes back to the first thing, like that sets the beginning of the discussion. So if you do a range, he's like the range really isn't any good. You just need one number. And I thought that was interesting. Um, this next one I'm really good at. Only talk as much as you need to. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? Oh <laughs> so uh, I will say at, at, uh, with work, you know, my day job and things like that, we would be in this meeting and we'd be like, that one guy down there at the end of the table, like he, he would know stuff and he would just not talk. You know, and sometimes it was like, you know, like somebody's going to get in trouble, right? Well, that guy never got in trouble because he never talked, you know, mm. and so there's, it's good and bad. But really the thing I think that Chris Voss is trying to say is like, sometimes if you, you don't want to necessarily go in and talk and ramble, there's a certain power that can kind of come from just being silent and just being listening. So, you know, that could be like, 
because you don't say anything, the other person feels like they need to fill in that empty space, that empty gap, that I'm going to say uncomfortable empty gap of space. So therefore they start talking more, right? Which means you could be getting more information or they could feel like they have to give something, you know, something along those lines. So it's, it's interesting just to be like, no, that it's fine to have those moments of silence and to not talk and to, you know, in some ways you're just giving the other person more space to think you know, about what you've said or that kind of thing. So I, I really like that one. And I, I just personally, I just think I'm really, really good at that one. Um, <laughs> number four, ask open-ended questions and listen carefully. I have found this is super motherfucking important with my kids. You know, hmm. you, I will only get information from them if I ask the question the right way. And so, you know, especially my daughter, if you ask a yes, no question, you're going to get a yes, no, or maybe just like a head nod or something like that, you know, but if you ask a question in the open-ended way, usually for, for them, they're, they're excited then, you know, you've asked them something exciting and they're happy to like, you know, tell you, be like, oh my God, okay, wait, let me tell you how dumb my teachers are. That's a common conversation we have. in our house. <laughs> um, So it's like asking the question the right way. But so open-ended questions, you know, always better. And then the, the fifth one that he had was like, remember that the best negotiated agreements let both sides win. So that's stuff we've talked about. Ava, this matches up with you. He, he says, dealmakers who have a win-lose mindset tend to alienate partners and kill the chance for a repeat business. So he's talking business, but you could put it as relationships. You know, Brandy's not going to give me another chance because my consistency is not the best. And so she's going to have me in a safe place that she feels safe and that's where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, for sustained success, this is Chris Voss saying this, running a corporation, a small business, or your own personal portfolio, try to try to be partners with the people with whom you're negotiating. Same thing with relationships. You know, you're a partner. You guys are working on this thing together. You so, guys are on the same team. Yeah. So that was really nice. I'm going to say when I came across that the other day, I thought like, that's perfect. Because that's like what we've already kind of been talking about and trying to organize this thing, you know, our, our own thoughts as well. And it was really kind of nice to sort of see that, that, you know, he is an FBI agent, um, you know, that, that, that was something that they, they used or did too. So, all right, now is time for the fun part of the show. Is everybody ready for the fun part? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about negotiating a scene. So now that terminology, that is like local sort of, not local. That is, uh, if you're in the in crowd of the BDSM scene, BDSM scene, then that's what we say. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if so I like to say, it's like, no, we're going to create a sex scene or how to create a BDSM scene. So, um, most people do not sit there and be like, okay, honey, tonight when we make love, how are we going to do it? You know, (laughs) but, and you don't have to, that's totally fine. You can improvise, you know, but I will tell you, it can be fun to talk about what the other person likes. Do it over coffee, you know, try to dig in, like, what are your fantasies or things like that? Get some cool information. And then one day you might be like, yeah, we want to, let's do that thing that you told me about over coffee. You know, with that, with that butt plug, we should definitely try that thing, you know? And I will invite my friend Bob over and blah, 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 blah. Um, You never stop talking about Bob. I'm allowed to talk about Bob. Um, All right. Uh, So I'm going to ask you all to go through and describe, like, if you're going to, like, what is like negotiating a scene or a sex scene? How do we tend to do it? 
how do you tend to do it? Can you just, I don't know who wants to go, but like describe and, and discuss some of that process and, and everybody, I think too, probably does it a little bit different style. So that's what I would like to too. like, you know, I don't know, Ava, do you want to start or? Yeah. Yeah. I can right. start. Um, the first thing that I always try to cover when I'm negotiating a kink scene with someone is along the lines of like, what do you want to get out of this? Because different people play for different reasons, right? Some people want to feel sexy and turned on. And some people really want, I really want like the high that comes from like a good, like impact scene, like those endorphins. Mm. Um, so different people are motivated by different things when they play. So making sure that you both understand what you're looking for and that those things are in line, because if they're not in line, that's like, I equate that to being the same thing as dating someone that absolutely does not want to have kids. If you want to have kids, like there's no point, right? You know, you know what direction that's going to go and it's not going to end well. So just making sure that you're in line about like, what, what are you looking for? Like if you are not into, um, like masochistic type play and the person you're talking to is like super, super sadistic and loves like that, that part of of BDSM, that might not be a great match. So that's always the first thing that I try to cover. From there, I just kind of go down a checklist of like, okay, what sounds good to you? And like, how should we do uh, warm up? And how should we do aftercare? And, you know, are, do we want to do X, Y, and Z? And just kind of going through like a checklist from there is, is really my strategy. I just try to always make sure we cover that, that same first topic initially to make sure we're on the same page about what we want to get out of it. Let me add something really fast on that. Um, I, I agree with that, you know, and I often will ask, like, I, I mean, I've asked Kimberly before, like, you know, we've been playing. And I'm like, you know, why do you like doing some of these things so much? Okay. So I have found a couple of themes, you know, just in general with the, with my play partners that I have played with. Okay. So one of them, Ava, is just like you said, it's that endorphin rush, you know, and Kimberly falls, I think, in in that category too of like, you know, people like to be spanked. Cause you get to a certain point and it's like, you get kind of high off that endorphin rush, you know, and, and it, that feels good. Um, or I think, I think this is related. People have all have often told me like, Oh, it just helps reset me. And I've had to be like, what does that mean? You know? Mm -hmm. And the typical answer I get is like, well, I'm thinking and thinking and my brain is going, you know, racing with the stuff. And so when you're like in that scene, in that moment, and somebody is like, say spanking or whatever like that, it's like, it gets your attention and all those other thoughts like stop or slow down. And you, they're like, all of a sudden I'm in the moment and that helps reset me. And I, th I was like, okay, that's, that's really interesting. You know, and, and I don't know that I have ever experienced that myself. Um, but, but I, I but it, like I say, it's been a pretty common thread of, with people that I've talked to. Uh, and then I think the other one, the other side is, which I'm going to say maybe more, my experience anyway, like with, with Brandy. Okay. Is, um, maybe not so much the endorphin type thing or whatever, or the resetting, but it's more of like, I'm going to say like being a slut, you know, like, Oh, I'd like to do this thing. You know, like I have, you know, I know that, Oh, this is supposed to be bad. You're not supposed to do this, but I kind of do want to do it. And then it's like, okay, let's go explore that. So, you know, being a slut is kind of an oversimplification of it, but it's often, it is like, I want to do these things that I'm, that I just know are dirty and wrong and bad and humiliating and degrading and all that stuff. And yes, we should definitely go do it. And so then you have to find somebody who's safe that you can do that with, you know, and when you do that, that person's really special because they're letting you kind of explore the stuff that is so dirty and wrong. And yet you get to go explore it, you know? So th those are just, like I said, my experience, I, 
three categories. And it seems like most people end up falling somewhere in those things, in those just general categories. And then from there, it's like, yeah, you got to talk about the person, who they are, um, you know, and what, what they will and how it. All that to say, though, like when you were talking about um, like a sex scene, like if you're talking about um, a couple on Friday night that want to get it on, like the reason why I want to get it on may be totally different from the reason why my partner want to get it on. Right. Like maybe maybe my partner just wants to have an orgasm like but no, I want to feel sexy and I want to connect with you emotionally and I want to make love like those things can be different, too, in the bedroom. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think those things are a lot of what we end up exploring when we do a scene, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, it's, it's usually not just about getting off. It's about all the other things that we're doing. So, but Brandy or Kimberly, what, you all want to add something? What do you all think? Like, I'll just how, briefly add that I haven't done a lot of like off the cuff, I guess, negotiation. Like I don't do a lot of pickup play. Um, that's just not, I think just, you know, in combination with like my social anxiety and I feel like I'm, I'm just weird anyway. And then to kind of click with someone that quick, the, like the night of meeting them to do a scene, that negotiation doesn't really happen like on the spot with me. Um, it's more like someone maybe seen my FET page and seen what my list of interests are and, or my pictures and then they might reach out or they might mention it at the mark and then we'll kind of go from there. But then it, even on that situation they already know what i'm interested in so it's kind of understood if, if they're approaching me for play then they already have you know they've mentioned they've seen my fit page or whatever and so um some portion of the negotiations already understood and then we didn't have to get to the specifics but yeah i can't offer a good story that's what i'm getting at well, kimberly what about you uh, well, I just want to say that I haven't negotiated a scene in a very long time because of COVID. That is not so, true. That is not true. You, oh. You've negotiated with me. You said, oh. I bought this this really big paddle with spikes on it. And it looks scary as fuck. <laughs> and you're like, and I want you to hit me with it. And then that's how okay. you negotiate. So the paddle shows up and you're like, look, <laughs> do you want to hold the paddle? <laughs> Well, I guess, well, I guess what I'm thinking of is a formal negotiation with a person that I haven't played much with or ever, which is more in depth than what I do with you because you, we know each other so well that we don't have to go through like all those basic stuff anymore. Like, um, how, you know, heavy of a bottom are you? Are you light, medium, hard? Like, um, what is okay to spank you with and what is not okay? Do you want to look at my toys and go through them and say yes to some and no to others and maybe to others? And like, can I mark you? If so, where? Like all the basic stuff. Um, you know, I haven't done that type of negotiation. That was that was really good. That that summary, that is like the I'm gonna say sort of textbook summary. That was that was really good that you said I'm glad you said that. Because yeah, that is like going through like what, what you know, what are you, what is okay and what is not well, okay. It's basically like okay getting okay. to the consent issue. Like what are you okay with and what are you not okay with? Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like Ava said, boundaries. you would go through everything from like um, not just the scene itself, but you would go through aftercare and negotiate that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Ava, I had something fun. Oh, fun? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. something fun. Okay. Okay. Um, this is I'm like listening. This is like for real. I would like to ask you if you would like to play with me sometime, and if so, I thought we could just negotiate live. And if you are not comfortable with this, hold up, hold up. No, no, no. I'm taking, I'm going to take, but hold up. I know. And I'm going to take the pressure off. Right. So if you do not want to do that, we can just edit this out. Listeners, listeners at home, you will just never know that this was ever. So there is, so I don't want you to feel any pressure, but if you're comfortable with it, I would like to play with you sometime. So I appreciate that. And I would absolutely love to play with you sometime. I'm actually a little bit, I guess, like the word I'm thinking of is like titillated that you want to like ask me live and put it in an episode like i think that's really fun actually so like yeah so you are it. wait so that was kind of, that kind of got you you like that a little bit yeah that's exciting okay good <laughs> well me too i was like i don't know how this is going to go i have no idea how this is going to go and ava might say because it's been a while since we played so ava might be like uh thanks thanks you're a nice guy steve thanks <laughs> So, but, uh, okay. So we sort of have, I'm just going to say like, all right, we sort of have a yes. Right. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to, I'm going to narrate a little bit as we kind of go through and do this, you know, so that people at home do kind of know like what we're going to get. So in some respects it's like, yeah, okay, we got a yes. Now we have not defined at all what we're going to do, what kind of play or things like that, but at least we have something like, yeah, I would be interested in playing with you too. So do you have, so what, what, so it has been a long time since we have played. So I'm going to ask you some stuff that we have probably already gone over in the past. But again, like Kimberly was saying, like the consent thing, you need to know these things. So the fact that it's been long enough, I think it is important. Like bear with me if I ask you some basic questions sometimes, you know, because, but, uh, so, so you have already talked a little bit about like what you'd like to get out of it. You'd like to get the high. And I know you identify as a masochist. Yes. Okay. And do you want to expand on that? How you how do you identify? Um, I identify as a lot of things on the uh, submissive side of the DS slash masochist is definitely one of them. Um, although I haven't really had a chance to explore that very much in quite a while. The masochist um, part. Yes, correct. Yeah, like bottoming. Um, super like I do that pretty regularly. But like as far as like masochistic play, I haven't been able to do very much of that. So, so uh, can you, if I can interrupt then, okay. So we're already, okay, dear listeners, we already have a topic, you know, there's a topic here, okay, to explore, okay. So what, what is the difference between bottoming and the more masochistic in, in your view and perspective? Bottoming is super versatile. It's very, very open-ended. Like you can ask someone, you know, are you a bottom and what kind? And that could go in a number of different directions. Um, masochistic, masochist is really very, um, a very narrowed, a, a more narrowed focus of what, you know, kind of what branch like a bottom can go into, like the masochistic side of like receiving really, really intense sensations and or pain. A lot of times people like associate masochism to like experiencing pain. Um, I think we've talked about this in a previous episode, like the definition that I had in my head was that it's more of like intense sensations, not necessarily often translating to pain, but not all the time. Um, and so I, my mind always goes automatically to impact play. Like it's a really easy one that I've always found very fulfilling before. Um, yes. Does that give you enough to go off of? (laughs) Well, it does. It helps. Okay. So uh, I'm going to sort of repeat some of this back to make sure Mm -hmm. I understand. Okay. That bottoming, it sounds like the masochistic part, the way you're describing it, that I think you're interested in and wanting is more intense 
than just bottoming. So you're like, oh, I've bottomed lots of times, but I have not done a masochistic scene. So is, is that correct? So what you're sort of saying is like, I would be interested in doing a more masochistic scene. Did I, am I pulling, hearing that correctly? Yes, I am potentially interested in doing a more masochistic scene because it's <laughs> potentially been so long. Okay. Okay. And then one thing I want to say too is like on my side of things, um, we have not played in a while. And so it would, I would not be comfortable jumping in doing things that later, if we play several times, I would probably be totally comfortable with. Okay. So because this is almost like a first time, you know, that it's been, been a, a little while, um, it's better to have a really good first experience and you want to leave the person wanting more at the end of it. So the first time you're, you know, doing a scene with somebody or setting up something that you're, you're better to sort of play it safe so that you're establishing the trust, you know, and, and you're getting to know the other person and how they act, things like that. But you're helping to establish that trust. Cause like the next time now we can go in and do that really dirty masochistic thing. That's, you know, e even bigger, but you might have ideas in your head and they're not, all, they're sometimes it's like, I really want to do that, but not on this first, this first, very first scene, you know? Yeah. So I think, um, but again, I feel like, I don't know if we, so maybe the thing to start is like, yes, we're good with like, we, you'd want to do impact play with like paddles and floggers and things like that over your whole body. Um, I primarily prefer the lower half of my body, mostly, mostly my ass straight up. Right. But, um, but also like thighs, um, are really, really enjoyable and yeah. Um, we can do like some upper body is totally fine. That's just like my preference is, is more lower half. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I like during the play, um, I will check in with you. Yeah. So if I'm hitting you like your, your, your back, your shoulders and things like that, I'm going to check in and be like, you know, you doing okay. Things like that. So, so just generally speaking, you say like, yeah, it's okay to hit other part, your, your whole body. And then the other thing I like to do too, let me say this is like, um, yes, we have safe words, you know, I think we, you know, the safe word everybody uses at, at the market anyway is like red, it's like international, you know, even if you can have pineapple as your safe word, but if somebody says red, like everybody hears it and that we know that means it's kind of ended. Okay. So yes, I have that, but I like to sort of say like in the scene, especially cause we haven't played them all. Like, I just want you to talk to me in regular language. And so if you say like, oh, that's too much, then I'm going to like, what I'm going to ask you is like, you have to be honest with me so that if I say how is that? Do you like that? You, you know, you could say, yes, you have to tell me the truth. Yes, I do like that. You know, <laughs> do you want more of that? And then, you know, you can, yes, I, I do want more. Like, I'm going to ask you, like, you have to tell me the truth. Okay. But the same flip side is like, you'd be like, I, I don't know. I don't think I want more of that. Then that gives me that, that kind of not boundary exactly, but it gives me great guidance. Right. Direction. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like to do that personally in a scene where it's like, we haven't played for a while. We're going to try things. And then you tell me, give me the feedback and I'm going to, I'm going to believe you when you give me that feedback. So we're not doing any, you can't yell no when you mean yes, you know, you have to kind of give good feedback. So I think that's really kind of helpful. So if we were, so what I would like to do is if you're okay, giving me the like, yes, Steve, you're allowed to hit me or touch me anywhere. Um, and you will just give me the feedback in the moment if something's not okay. Yeah, that works for me. Am I allowed to touch your pussy? Yes. Am I allowed to accidentally on purpose put 
a finger or something in your pussy? <laughs> yes, depending on what it is. Okay, so do I need to run it past you? I need to run it past you. I can run things past you beforehand. Yeah, it'd be nice to like look at any items that you potentially have in mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and right now, I'll tell you, I don't know. So the other part of negotiation is like, we're going to have to have a follow-up conversation. And, and, you know, the reality is probably right before we, like, you know, we'll pick the night that we're going to go do this and things like that. And then Ava and I will kind of go through everything again. You know, we will yeah. look at, like Kimberly said, we will look at toys that we're going to use and I will double check, you know, on how, how Ava's feeling, you know, if there's any kind of health issues, things like that, and just make sure that she's good. Mental conditions, like, are you mentally ready to do this? Um, am I mentally ready to do this? You know, that's always kind of good to check in, at least at the very sort of last minute things. So I think that's such an important call out, Stephen, because there are so many different factors that can go into like having a successful scene. Like, you know, are you hydrated? Did you eat something today? Do you have energy? Did you have a god awful shitty day at work and you're just not in the right headspace? Like there are so many different factors that can influence how a scene goes that are just really important to talk about or make adjustments to beforehand. Even if you already negotiated like that last minute check-in can be so, so crucial for mm -hmm. like both the top and bottom side. And what do you like to do for, for like aftercare? Are you, are you cool? I like all sit? of the cuddles and, okay, and all ask. of the, the like hair, hair petting and, and, and I want a blanket and I want water and I might want a stuffy. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and for those who maybe are not familiar with this, a lot of times what we end up doing is we'll finish the scene, you know, that we're going to have, uh, if we're at the club, then it's like, you've got to kind of, you know, clean up because other people might come and want to use that same equipment later on. And we have a whole cleaning process. I'm not going to go into it, but you, you, you know, at the end of that, you kind of clean up, but then after cleaning up, usually what will happen is people will go into like the lounge area. So, if you can imagine yourself, it's like Ava and I go into the lounge area and we're sitting on the couches and stuff that they have there, cuddle up and talk. And I say, you are so amazing. That's, I can't believe you did that because that's what's going to happen is I'm going to be like, I, I don't know. I couldn't do that, you know, and, and <laughs> I can't, you know, and so, and that's usually a really nice, sweet moment and smiles and, but you, you know, that's really key because you're taking the time to not just check in with the person, but you're, you are taking care of them, you know, and you're able to kind of reflect a little bit on, on the scene and stuff. And, and then you can apologize. Like, I'm really sorry that I did all that mean stuff to you. Like I didn't mean to, it's just that <laughs> you liked it so much. I just felt like I really should probably give you those gifts. <laughs> so, um, and then, okay. Going back just to the scene real fast, like are blindfolds, you like blindfolds? I love blindfolds. Oh, awesome. I really like the the ones that you used on me before, the goggles that look you really like the goggles? on the outside. Yes, I like the goggles. Okay, cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now some they look some people wild. Well, and some people have said they end up putting pressure, you know, like on I forget where it is, your nose or something like that. So it's like, yeah, if, if that kind of happens then you just tell me, but I like the goggles too. The goggles make people look ridiculous. They, they're sort of, and they're trippy. If you take off, I've put little things in there to make them, I put pieces of paper inside the goggles to make them black so you can't see out. But the original goggles I bought, which were like Amazon for $5, and they were like costume goggles or something like that. But they, uh, yeah, if you, the way they have them, it's like everything's trippy looking, like a, almost a kaleidoscope 
you know, so at, that's kind of fun too, because that can be like disorienting and the person kind of can see, but not really. And so you've hampered them and that, you know, that can be a fun thing. And then, um, you cool with ball gags. You like ball gags. You don't need to be talking to you. Uh, now listen, I don't need to be talking because we can have like a, a physical way to call out, uh, a safe word. So yeah, yeah I would be like, open if you to just were like, depending to, on what we're doing. So if you like, give me the middle finger. That might be like, oh, I should probably check in with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that could be an option. Um, yeah. I what I like to do when I can't when I can't talk in a scene is to be holding like car keys or something jangly that like if I drop it, it's gonna make a really obvious sound. Okay. What about snapping? I, I'll usually do like three. Yeah. If you people don't snap, you like accidentally. You know, so it's like if you do it, you know, especially three times or two times, it's kind of like, okay, that's a, that's a signal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's intentional. And even if your hands are tied or something like that, usually you're able to snap and stuff like that. So, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we'll, we'll have more discussion about this later and we'll figure out the rest of the details. Yeah. Um, but that's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, Thank I'm you. looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Hey, one other thing I want to point out to, to listeners, okay, that was negotiation. Okay. Did that sound weird and awkward or did it sound like fun and flirty and like we're creating stuff, you know, like that was, I mean, Ava's got a very pretty smile right now. Kimberly <laughs> has a very pretty, actually everybody has a nice big <laughs> smile right now. Okay. That was, that was fun. Um, and I would, I want to say like, that is like how you, one of the things that's really nice is we, we do this kind of stuff a lot where it's like, how do we negotiate different scenes with people we're going to play? Okay. But those skills translate back to like, how do you negotiate with your kids about something or your boss about something? And so I think approaching it of like, it does not need to be awkward. You know, it can be this kind of the way we just did it was like fun and playful, you know? And, and it can, negotiations can be that way. Even if you're talking about like relationship side and that Brandy doesn't like all the time I spend with Bob and she thinks I have an NRE, new relationship energy problem, but I don't, you know? Mm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, even that kind of stuff is like, you can be, you can be, it doesn't have to be super serious. You know, you can go in and like, maybe Brandy just wants to like put the idea in my head and then she's just going to let me walk away and just think about it. And that way I can maybe fix my own problem, you know, something like that. So that's, that's my thoughts on negotiation. Anybody, does anybody want to add anything? I just want to call out something that's kind of connected to what Brandy mentioned earlier about like, you can negotiate, you negotiate with yourself all the time. Right. And one way that I like to think about negotiating with another person is to treat it the same way as if you're negotiating with yourself. So I might have an argument with myself about like, oh, what do I want for dinner? Do I want this healthy option or do I want this more indulgent option? And I'll argue with myself like, oh, I really like the, the taste of this unhealthy option, but I want to be good to my body. And so like there's this internal dialogue in my head. And if you're having a negotiation, say, with your partner of like, this is, you know, what are we going to have for dinner? I'm like, oh, I want Mexican. Well, well, the other person wants Chinese. Well, like, what are we going to do? Like, prioritize what they want the way you would prioritize it in that kind of like internal dialogue. Because at the end of the day, you want to get to that like collaborative environment where you find a solution that works for everybody, right? Let's order from both and we'll get the Chinese food that's on the way to the Mexican restaurant. Like, like, what's the solution that's going to work for all of us? Like you, I, I just think it's really important to prioritize their voice as much as you're prioritizing yours and to not look at it as a, as a me versus them type of thing. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. My, my final two cents. So I heard everything you said, but then 
at the same time, while li- actively listening to you, my brain slipped back to our scene that we're going to have. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, what happens? Am I am I allowed to get you off? Do you want to come in the scene, or or not this time? Or how do you feel about that? I want more time to think about that one. Okay. 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 So where we are right now is like you can probably be penetrated with a toy or something like that or finger, but you're not sure about actually coming. Would it help if you had the goggles on so you couldn't see any everybody who watches you come? Oh, well, that I mean, that brings up another question. Are there going to be people watching me come? Is this happening at the mark? We haven't talked about location. We have not talked about location. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would I would like to have it. I would like to play at the mark. I love that. Okay. Um, so if you want the goggles, so people don't see, so you can't see people watching you come like, does that help? Yeah, that does help. That would make Look, me that was beautiful. That was motherfucking beautiful <laughs> negotiation right there, man. That was like finding something, you know, like, okay. So, okay. I will leave you with this because, you know, and again, this is like technique, but it's not technique. It's like, I don't want to like overdo it with Ava. I want her to be very comfortable with whatever you decide. So it's like, just, you just think about that, you know, and we can come yeah. back and talk about it later. You know, if I, if I was to pressure Ava, you know, like oh, you should agree to it, you know, then that could end up feeling feeling, feeling pressured. And that is not what we want. I want Ava to say yes. And should she, sorry, yes. no, <laughs> should what, she what? think about it for one week? <laughs> Listen, sorry, Kimberly that's, has, that's Kimberly's joke. evil side. Evil. <laughs> the, there, there's a, a, I don't want to say side, this... but Kimberly, I asked Kimberly, like, to, do you basically, you know, I think you like me. Do you maybe want to like date, you know, and be like, I don't know if he said boyfriend, girl, we didn't say that stuff, but that's what we meant. Okay. And I was like, don't, you can think about it for a little bit, you know, tell me like a week from now or something, see how you feel. So Kimberly knew instantly, but she took the whole goddamn week before <laughs> to like put me through it. So. And I'm like, come in, sit down on the couch, you know. Yeah, make I was thinking, dumb. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, no. she's about I to tell me some it. bad shit. Aww. No, you were like savoring the moment, not in a not in a mean way. You were just like, <laughs> no. this is we're, we're going to be boyfriend girlfriend. This is like a real special mm-hmm. moment. Come sit on the couch. That's you know, right. Would you like it drink? was, yeah, yeah. It was sweet, but I thought I was. I thought, oh fuck, she's. Like, <laughs> Again, Steve, you're a really nice guy. <laughs> so, all right. Um, anybody want anything to add before we wrap up? No. Okay. Negotiating is fun. We have our eight point guide to flirting and seduction. And we have been, tonight's episode has been working through one of those, which is on negotiation. But uh, we have, they're attra- you know, talking about attraction, building trust, which is super important, never gets enough attention, reading people, engaging in conversations, you know, how do you do the art of flirting, uh, negotiating um, relationships. Next week, we're going to talk about intimacy. Um, empowering yourself and empowering others because we figured out that's really what all this stuff is, is is about. Those eight points, we have a guide that is on the website. So if you would like to get that, you just you can go in there and, and sign up for it and then you've got the, the, the guide to kind of follow along with these different eight episodes that we've done. The guides really just kind of give you a big overview of how they all tie together. So 
Um, and then I think we're going to expand on it later in the future as we have more time and things like that. So um, next week we are going to talk about intimacy and intimacy um, really important because really when you're having a relationship with somebody, it's not that, Hey, I want to go have sex with them and go fuck them. It's usually deeper. It's usually like, I want to have some, in, some shared intimacy with this other person because we can all get off at home by ourselves. We don't need the other person. The reason we care about the other person is we want that kind of shared experience. We want to have that intimacy with them. So we're going to go talk all about intimacy. Um, and that ought to be, I don't know. We'll see how that, how that comes. It, I'm, I know it'll be interesting, but it's like, I've never talked about intimacy before in like my past ethical seduction stuff, you know? And it's like, after doing it, I've learned like, oh, that's really what this is all kind of about is like sharing that with another person. So we will have to develop that and discuss it next week. Um, but I feel like all these other things we're doing, like that's where it's leading towards. It's leading towards the intimacy issue. Issue. Listen to me. I need to go back to my therapy. Steve has intimacy issues <laughs> with Bob. Um, uh. If you have any specific <laughs> questions <laughs> that you would like us to answer, uh, we have a voicemail button. If you go to the website, you can click on that and leave us a voicemail. It's very simple. It literally is like that simple. It takes you right to a site and you can leave the message. We can play it on the air if you're cool with that. You, we can, uh, you can also email questions or ideas. If you have ideas or topics like that that you would like us to cover, like you know, contact us, let us know. Um, so my email is steven at ethicalseduction.com and the website is ethicalseduction.com. We are on Instagram posting, I don't know, often ridiculous photos of cats podcasting or kink closets or, you know, I don't even know what else, you know, different stuff. Food. Yeah. Food is on there too. Ava's always making all kinds of things. <laughs> interesting things and uh we're also on fat life if you guys know fat life fat life is the secret dirty facebook it's not dirty mm -hmm. well it is dirty but it's like good dirty not bad dirty but it's facebook for kinky people so if that's fetlife.com so we're on there that is the way as kinksters that's like what we use to communicate and talk about events and different things that are going on so fat life is like it's it's a big platform for, for us in our community. And uh, we have some stuff on P Pinterest. If you are a first time listener and you know, for the podcast, you probably want to hit subscribe and that way we come out with new episodes every Friday. So that way you'll get the new episodes just coming out and gives you kind of a nice reminder about it. And you can leave us a review on Apple podcasts if anybody would like, but we appreciate everybody who has been listening. Hello, Hannah in Germany. We're glad that you're listening <laughs> and flattered that you're interesting and, listening and um we appreciate it so that's kind of it's really nice you know the reason we're doing all this is because of the you the listeners that's why we get together and do it so thank you and everybody will talk again next week thanks bye 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 this song is about ava this song is about ava this time <laughs>